Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie.ag. And for this week only, get a 110% sign-on bonus. 110% of your initial deposit by using code NEXTROUND. That's MyBookie.ag, code NEXTROUND. Man, what's going on with You're, the weather? You want a weather report from Furman? Let's go uh, Let's go now to the Storm Center, the Las Vegas Storm Center on the Strip. Todd Furman with us from BetTheBoardPodcast.com. Is it cold out there, Todd? It is, unfortunately, a little bit unseasonably cold, gentlemen. So for all those reports you guys are seeing from in and around the stadium, temperatures today expected to stay below 50. And right now, Ooh. if you walk outside, you're in the mid-30s. So it is a little bit chilly wow. uh, for those folks dealing with the elements. And fortunately, though, the wet stuff looks to uh, officially be in the rearview mirror because that was even worse on Tuesday and Wednesday Ooh. dealing with the rain out there. Can I ask you, though, what if I paid premium to... S- Stand in that pool of human water uh, and watch the game on that big screen. What's that? What's that place called? That sports bar? That's a pool. I mean, the heated pool. It's heated all the time, so you can definitely go out to stadium, swim at Circa, and take part in those festivities. Uh, I'm not sure that's where I would be watching the game. <laughs> you know, when it's 40 degrees at kickoff, even if the water's heated, I have a beautiful hot tub in my backyard. Should I want that experience, I'll flip on the big screen and be able to take part that way. Uh, Furman, right now at mybookie.ag, San Francisco two and a half, total of 47 and a half. Look, and nobody's going to feel sorry for Vegas. There are so many props now. They're going to find a way for their sports books to make money for the most part on this game. With that said, uh, you know, I'm typically a contrarian. I can't pick Super Bowl to save my life. Just quick numbers. You're going to love this, Furman. I have lost seven straight uh, sides on the Super Bowl, and I am 4-17 and 17 since my Rams won their first Super Bowl in Super Bowl 34. So 4-17 the last 21 just on the side of the Super Bowl. How have you done on Super Bowls? And typically, how does Las Vegas do on Super Bowls? You know, I haven't had a side in each of the last couple of games. Last year, the biggest position we took was going over the total in the first half between the Chiefs and Eagles. Everyone working under the assumption that that Eagles defense was very good. Strength to schedule was the biggest overarching concern for us, and the Chiefs went out there and were able to push a little bit. This game here, don't really have a strong opinion on the side or total. I make the game two and a half. I lean towards the 49ers if the money line gets into range. The total, I have a little bit of wiggle room, but do have some concern uh, about the offensive minds that you have working in conjunction with one another with Andy Reid on one sideline and Kyle Shanahan on the other. In terms of player props, that's actually been one of the more profitable endeavors. But when you look at a game like this, it's much easier for oddsmakers to price this around to pick them because you don't have to anticipate a whole lot of game state. You don't have to make some of those manual adjustments if a team, say, finds themselves a six- or seven-point underdog where you can oftentimes get a lot better opportunities betting on the team that's catching points because when you're trailing, that's when you kind of throw the game play out the window and may chuck it all over the yard. So some interesting dynamics in play uh, when you mentioned the Super Bowl and how no one will feel sorry for Vegas. This game looks to be overwhelming public support on Kansas City, at least the way they, things stand now. But you have seen some professional money come in on the 49ers, especially when that price dipped as low as one in the first 24 hours of betting about 10 plus days ago. Uh, your favorite prop that's out there, which one do you like the best right now and that you feel like you get a win on? So for me, uh, I've 
have decent exposure to Brandon Ayuk under four and a half catches in the game when you look at his matchup with Legarius Sneed. I think Ayuk can have one or two big catches in the game, but I just don't really see a path for him to be a high-volume receiver. I think that's a responsibility that will fall much more on George Kittle and Debo Samuel. Uh, and working from the thought process that I think the 49ers can play with a rare lead this postseason, I, of course, think you're going to get a steady dose of Christian McCaffrey as well. So when I'm looking at some of the passing props out there would lean under on Brock Purdy attempts, uh, but Ayuk under receptions is one of the stronger positions I've taken so far. You know, when I went through these props for him, and the one that really jumped out to me, and Christian McCaffrey obviously led the NFL in rushing yards, first rushing champion to be in a Super Bowl since Sean Alexander in 2005, but his rushing yards are posted at 90.5 in most shops right now, and the interesting thing is, Kansas City has not allowed a 90-plus yard rusher in 15 straight games. This kind of tells me McCaffrey's going to have a big game. When you look at Christian numbers, that's more or less in line, LT, with where they've been all season long. So books don't want to try and get themselves painted into a corner with a marquee player like that. So while you look at Kansas City's run defense, and I think their demise is greatly overrated with how they've performed down the stretch, uh, it's part of the reason why the total actually opened a touch higher. And you've seen some under money come in on CMC from 92.5 on down. Then you look at the rushing receiving, and I think that's the $100 million question. When you have a weapon that's as dynamic as Christian McCaffrey, who's going to get his touches, does Kyle Shanahan look to isolate him in space and get him the ball as a receiver, or will he carry the ball the majority of the time between the tackles? When you look at the rushing props in general, one of the other things that has kind of happened at the same time is you're seeing Debo Samuel get bet over his rushing total. That number opened as low as 13, some books as high as 17 and a half. And with two weeks to heal up, that shoulder looking to be a lot healthier, I think he could be a guy that may get five to six carries and provide some of those matchup concerns for a Kansas City defense. If you split Christian McCaffrey out wide, where do the linebackers go? How do the safeties come down in the box? And I think those two, I'm not going to say interchangeable pieces, but wouldn't be surprised if Debo cuts into some of the rushing workload and Christian McCaffrey eats into some of the passing workload. Todd Furman, BetTheBoardPodcast.com. BetTheBoardPodcast.com for all the Super Bowl and college hoops games uh, and NBA and hockey and NASCAR and all of that. Uh, BetTheBoardPodcast.com. He's with us on the JohnstonRVCenter.com hotline. I want to preface this question by saying I am not in on the conspiracy that Kelsey and Swift are a setup by the NFL. <laughs> that said, Furman, I can get Kelsey as the game MVP for as high as plus 1,400 right now. Um, that's an interesting play right there. You know, and that number has come down a little bit. I think a lot of folks think if Kansas City does win the game and it's not Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey will have to have a big day. For me, I just think when you look at the Chiefs and the way this team is built – that unless Patrick Mahomes goes out there, throws for 135 yards, uh, and it's Isaiah Pacheco going absolutely nuclear, it's going to be extremely difficult for Kelsey to get the award unless he ends up with three touchdowns or some ridiculous type performance. So I think there are other ways to attack his stat lines instead of betting him for the MVP because the league is always going to lean towards the quarterback We've seen the quarterback take home the award the majority of the times. And when you look at what Julian Edelman won from the receiver position, you know, nobody else really did much in that football game. So I would be much more inclined to look at Mahomes if I was trying to make a case for a Chiefs MVP. But I think the 49ers are interesting in that market because Brock Purdy doesn't have to go out there and be the best player on that roster offensively. You could see a big game from Debo Samuel, a big game from Christian McCaffrey, and it would still create a pathway to San Francisco finally breaking through 
and winning the sixth Super Bowl in franchise history, something that they've been trying to do since 1994. I'll admit I should know this. Is that media voted the uh, Super Bowl MVP? So they've changed it, and that's part of the reason that the Kelsey number has come down. So most of it's media voted. The league really pushes for media personnel to get that vote in by the two-minute warning. But the other component that they've added, apparently the fan vote is now worth 20%. Now, what that actually... What that actually looks like with the special sauce. I mean, the NFL doesn't have to reveal the whole voting that's process, right. but that's part of the reason that you've seen that Kelsey number come down, because if you find yourself in the dark web and you go into some of the message boards, <laughs> there are a lot of Swifties out there figuring out how they can stack the ballot box for Mr. Taylor Swift. Oh, it's easy. I, I just know where yeah. my money's going yeah. now. Yeah. Once that 20%'s open to the vote there, yeah. come on right there, because you know Karma's the guy on the Chiefs. We know that, right? <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm interested uh, about Nick Bosa, and uh, do you have any, any prop numbers on Bosa and how he could impact uh, Patrick Mahomes in this? Uh, do, do you like a play on a number of sack totals? Do you do knockdowns? How can we impact that? When you look at the sack total, four and a half, kind of the consensus number, you do need to lay a price to go under. What's interesting about this is Bill Vinovich, the head official uh, on the game, not exactly known for calling a ton of holding penalties. When you look at his track record, granted it's going to be an all-star crew, so a little bit different than during the regular season. So that's something that could work against a big accumulation of sacks if they're going to allow the clutching and grabbing off the edge. Nick Bosa's numbers, uh, if you're looking at the half-sack prop, you can find him right in that plus 160 range, but do shop around. I mean, these are some of the props that are going to be very differently priced uh, based on your preferred sports book in that regard. And when we look at Nick Bosa tackles and everything else there, over under a half on the assisted tackles and one and a half total tackles, while people think, well, that's not a big number, Bosa is not exactly a key cog when it comes to getting involved in the run game. His primary job is to generate pressure, get upfield, and get Patrick Mahomes off his spot. Furman, I think one of the more popular props with the public back in Kansas City is going to be Brock Purdy over the half interception. But the fact of the matter, there should have been more interceptions maybe, but in five career postseason starts, he's only thrown one pick. Well, that's you know an interesting one, and we actually have seen it take money. He opened right around even money uh, in terms of throwing interception. That price has drifted out in that minus 115 range. And when you look at Brock Purdy, I mean, I think the biggest question is how he's going to be able to handle pressure. We know Steve Spagnuolo likes to scheme things up. Uh, he rushes defensive backs at a higher rate than almost any defensive coordinator in the league. And when you look at Brock Purdy's overall numbers against pressure, he ranks top five in the NFL in yards per attempt and passing touchdowns, but by bottom five when it comes to interceptions thrown. So it's a lot of feast or famine type approach, and it'll be a question of if he has to deal with a little bit of adversity, how that'll go. So I understand the sentiment in terms of why the yes is getting bet there, uh, but it will be interesting if the Chiefs can capitalize uh, and get him off his spot. When I, I'm always a tells guy. Uh, let me rephrase. When I call the coin, oh, toss, wow. I like to call tells. 30 times tails has won the coin toss 27 heads it's almost like it's a 50 50 proposition almost (laughs) when you when you in life have to call heads or tails are you a heads guy or tails guy well, here's the thing. You know, we do uh, see roughly a 50-50 breakdown, but tails on a bit of a run, 18 out of the last 30 Super Bowls in that regard. I am a heads guy uh, through and through when it comes to coin toss, but here's the thing in the 
thought process here, if you want to believe in NFL conspiracies when it comes to how all this works out. I think we talked a little bit about this last year. There is a growing thought process that when they make these commemorative coins and you put the team logos on one side, those sides get weighted a little bit heavier than the other. So when you're flipping the coin, if it doesn't get proper rotations and it hits the ground, it's going to lean towards landing head side down with that added weight, and that may be contributing to a little bit of a unique run for tails in that regard. But again, not a statistically large enough sample size to go in and say anything is due. So a true 50-50 proposition, and anybody laying minus 105 to get involved in here probably needs to find a better way to burn through cash instead of betting friends. <laughs> is, is there a... Is there a, a slither of the NFL does that, that does not have a conspiracy theory? <laughs> no, there is not. Is there one in, in one part of it that does not have a conspiracy theory? I don't think there's any component of all of it, whether it's the officiating, whether it's the Gatorade color, whether it's the subliminal messaging that somehow is going to get interwoven into the broadcast in some capacity. Everybody loves to try and put on their tinfoil hat as we inch closer to Super Bowl Sunday. Reba McIntyre feels like an over. On the anthem, to me. I mean, it's only ninety and a half seconds. I think yeah, it's, like it's one of the shortest. It's one of the shortest over unders we've seen. But the craziest part about it so far, guys, is we haven't seen much movement. I mean, that's kind of where it's open. It's held steady. You know, I've been on the phone with some of my friends in Nashville, figuring out you know which way Reba is going to go. A lot of her performances in the past, she does have a big catalog, have been unders. But look, if it's me and I'm out there in the Super Bowl, I'm milking this damn thing for five to seven minutes. I'm enunciating every word. So if they ever allow me to sing a national anthem, guys. We'll be able to max bet the over, and I'll drag the hell out of that thing so everybody can catch their. Hey, hand. am I wrong though, Furman? That that you can get nine to one if she omits one word. Yep, but the always uh, difficult part in some of that is the official grading because, uh, as we've all known, dealing with some of the sports books in the past, uh, sometimes it's how you uh, carry out a word, the pronunciation, omission, if you hold on to that final note too long. So the anthem is one of those gray areas, much like the Gatorade color, uh, that unless I know rehearsal has gone well over or well under, the last thing I want to do is be sitting there with my stopwatch trying to debate with sportsbooks that tenth of a second parameter that I should be getting payment into my account. Yeah, But she speaks like we do, so uh, oh, yeah. omitting a word is not that big a deal. That's right. That's Southern. <laughs> hey, look, it's the Southern flair that she may want to try and incorporate in there with the country twang to go along with it. All right, he is Todd Furman. Go uh, support him at bettheboardpodcast.com. He covers all the games there, bettheboardpodcast.com. Follow him on Twitter, at Todd Furman. Thank you very much for the time, Furman. Enjoy the game. You got it, gentlemen. Uh, best of luck. And remember, LT, you're always due. Just keep firing, my That's friend. Right. Uh, we're going we're to exercise the demons here in a little bit, Furman. I feel good about this one. <laughs> yeah, we're good luck this weekend, boy. See you, buddy. Take care. Furman with us on the Johnston RVCenter.com hotline.